All right, what is up, Only Playbook fans? We're back for another episode, episode 49. I swear, the episodes just write themselves with all this crazy-ass news that just comes out every other day, it seems like. Uh, a couple hours before we started recording, obviously one of the biggest news of the offseason has broken, and we'll definitely dive more into it. But again, I'm Sweet Car. I got Shashot Chauvet. It's been a little bit longer than anticipated, guys. What's going on? How are you guys feeling about all this crazy-ass NFL news? It's amazing. You know, March is known for madness, and that's what we're getting. We're getting madness with all these different trades and, and signings, and I love it. This is a fun offseason. My, my bracket broke on the first game, so... Iowa <laughs> not winning millions of dollars. Uh, uh, surprisingly, my bracket was perfect up until I think one of the most recent games. But I had I had to join some sort of charity league for work, and I just did ten entries, and yeah. I didn't even actually pick any of them. So ESPN now yeah. has options where you can randomize them based on seating, based on like formulaically. So I just mm -hmm. clicked a bunch of random shit and made a bracket, and one of them was perfect. Like one of them had Richmond. Like it was it was until, wild. It was until wild. Iowa probably lost. No, I wanted, they had, I had Iowa beating Richmond. So yeah, that, that is freaking weird, but uh, I didn't even know that was a team. There's a team called the Richmond spiders. Yeah. Like whose mascots are the spiders. It's crazy. That's college basketball though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But again, so much to unpack here. Again, the off season is moving so freaking quickly. Players are changing scenes and uh, some teams aren't really doing much. So I guess they're just going to run it back and take the same team and hope for different results. But uh, if you enjoy any of our content so far this year, like subscribe, tell your friends, we're everywhere. Uh, if you're watching, you're watching on YouTube. We're on all of the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, um, and then social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Only Playbook. Again, appreciate all the support thus far. Guys, so much to dive into. Let's start with the breaking news. I think the top storyline is going to have to be the fact that the Packers, after signing Aaron Rodgers to a massive, massive extension, decide that instead of loading up the team with more weapons, they're going to go ahead and trade away their all-pro receiver. The best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, is officially on the move. He's been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, where he's going to be paired up with his college teammate, Derek Carr. They are Packers are going to get back the Raiders 2022nd first round and second round pick, but they couldn't agree to an extension. Devonte Adams was upset last year that they tagged him, said he wasn't going to play on a tag this year. They decided to tag him to try to figure out salary cap shit. And Adams made it clear that even though the Packers apparently had the money to match the offer, Adams no longer wanted to play there. So now he gets his wish. He's in the, he's playing for the Raiders now. And like, I don't know the Packers receiving course seems awfully thin for paying a quarterback $50 million a year. So <laughs> where are your guys heads at with this? Yeah. The disrespect that Devonta Adams got is ridiculous. I think, uh, just you talked about it. Aaron Rodgers got paid so much money, but how are you going to, you know, divide all the money and salary for the rest of the players? Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's exactly what happened. Devonta Adams didn't get his share and he said, peace. And now he's out and moving on to his buddy, uh, from Fresno State and Derek Carr. Yeah, um, this is this is a great day to be a Vikings fan. This is one of the greatest <laughs> days. Like it's probably top fifty greatest days of being a Vikings fan because the torture is mitigated. It has to, right? Who's going to step up for him? Is Equinemius, uh, you know, St. Brown going to do something? Unlikely, but you never know. He's had some time to practice with Aaron Rodgers. But then again, they do have one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, right? So we will see. We will finally see. If Aaron Rodgers and this Devonta Adams thing was one of the greatest things of all time, or can he just pick another wide receiver and be like, I choose you, blah, blah, blah. So 
it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, it, I don't really, I don't know. I, I know there's obviously probably more that goes on to this behind the scenes, but if you're going to sign up for Aaron Rodgers for another three, four years, especially at the age that he's currently at with the amount of money that he's demanded, I don't understand if they're in a win now mode to go ahead and trade your best player. Uh, I, I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I, I mean, it, at best case scenario, they draft a receiver or they, they signed a bunch of, you know, like scrub receivers that maybe are washed up like Julio Landry, OBJ, those guys are all floating around. So if this was 2016, I bet the Packers would be like salivating at all these possibilities. But right now it seems like it's just going to be a clusterfuck of either really young unproven receivers or a bunch of veteran guys that they're just going to try to bring in. And, uh, Randall Cobb, I think restructured, so he's going to stay, but they have Lazard. I think MVS is a free agent. So again, there, there's a lot of question marks there. Now I know Aaron Rodgers is so good that he typically doesn't need great receivers to throw to, but he'd been like, I think the storyline in green Bay had been the fact that he'd been there for so long and they never once got a first round receiver for him. And so instead of getting a second receiver to pair with the best receiver in the league, they've now said, no, we're going to go ahead and ship the best receiver in the league away. So uh, I, it doesn't really make sense, but at the same time, like you said, to show it, it helps us as Vikings fans, because it means that the Vikings can just do not as much and they can just let other teams around them get worse. So if that's the strategy, then so far that's worked to perfection. So, uh, we'll let's, take it. yeah, we'll let, take let, it. yeah. If we're not going to do things, let's hope other teams do less or get shittier. And so, um, that, that, that again, it, it ended up working out. We'll see. That's a huge landscape change. We'll dive into it, but the AFC West all of a sudden looks like the juggernaut of the NFL that every team in that division seems to be trying to one up the other team after all these moves have been transpiring, but other notable, uh, trades that have come about since the last time we recorded guys, the bears are trading away. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack goes to the chargers who are also in the AFC West. Uh, they get a 22, 20, 20, 22 second round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. So uh, what I'm gathering this off season a lot is the free agents that have been getting paid are making a lot, a lot of money based on where we feel like they're valued at. And all of these established really, really great players, whether they're pro bowlers, all pro, you know, starters, if you will, their value in terms of the trade market is, is so crazy. Like why, why would you keep a fifth round pick in the NFL draft when you know that could be pretty much nobody when you can go ahead and trade a fifth round pick for Khalil Mack, who's an immediate impact player, right? So the, the, the market as a whole in the NFL right now seems super wonky where trade pick a trade value from a draft pick perspective versus a trade value from like established players is not really making sense. So you see guys like Christian Kirk making 20 million a year from free agency. And then you see guys like Khalil Mack getting traded for fifth round picks. So, uh, again, I'm not necessarily understanding the market. I think it's benefiting some teams while hindering some other teams, but that's huge for the chargers with Khalil Mack. Now who's going to be opposite Joey Bosa. Uh, any thoughts there with the team that's been atrocious on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I know. They, they definitely needed help, uh, and they'll, they'll get it from Khalil Mack. Maybe the concern is he's 31 years old, so how many more years does he have? How many years can he produce for the Chargers? But Von Miller kind of proved that wrong, so Khalil Mack will probably prove that wrong in uh, Los Angeles as well. So uh, I think that's a, a solid, solid trade for the Chargers, and, and uh, kudos for them to try to help what was terrible last year in their defense. Yeah. And don't forget, they just got J.C. Jackson, right? So this is like a poor man's version of the L.A. Rams. They're like, they look at their older brothers and they're like, shit, that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Let's try to do that as best as we can. And um, they're trying it. I'm sure it's going to be – everybody's following this win-now mode. Um, you know, recency bias, 
takes over the world by storm when you know you start seeing championship rings being given out. So um, teams are in win now mode, and some teams are in like I don't know what the hell I'm doing mode. And LA Chargers, you know, kudos to them. They have a young coach who did who's doing you know outlandish things, but he's believing in what they're doing, and um, they just needed some help on defense. And now all of a sudden, you know, the, I can make a case that. Chiefs could be the weakest team in that division at, at this point, you know, at this point. So, um, yeah, this is this is isn't insane. I've never seen a division be this stacked, like all across with stars, like you know, top one players all across the board. So, this is going to be an interesting season. Yeah, the good thing is that AFC West division is going to be one of the divisions that we dive into this episode as well. So, uh, quick touching on a couple of other notable trades: Indianapolis to trade away Carson Wentz. We talked about that; he was going to find a new home. The Commanders. Jumped that gun, although, I mean, you can make a case that he's a slight improvement off Taylor Heineke, if that maybe. I mean, if that, to be honest with you, more of a proven Taylor Heineke, although their playing style seem awfully similar. Uh, and they give up a second round and a third round pick to get him. So uh, that's a big change of scenery for a team that was quarterback needy. I don't know how much of an improvement that's going to be. But also the Cowboys did trade away Amari Cooper. So a team that was looking to, um, you know, last year was so offensively explosive when they were clicking on all cylinders. They've now lost one of their formidable uh, receivers who's now gone over to the Browns who needed a receiving help. But they also lost Jarvis Landry. There's uncertainty around the quarterback position there with Cleveland. So uh, I don't know if Amari Cooper just <laughs> went to another team only to not necessarily have to produce, but still get paid. But uh, interesting changes there in the NFL. It seems like trades are being made. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Carson Wentz or the Amari Cooper stuff? Um, I mean, I, you know, Amari Cooper didn't make you know much sense early in the week. But now that this Baker Mayfield crap is coming out, how he's pretty much gone, it'd be interesting. You know, player like even Matt Ryan going to the Browns somehow. You know, I I wouldn't do that if I was him. But um, just any any like any non Baker Mayfield quarterback could, could maybe resurrect some things there. So, you know, and God bless Baker Mayfield. He's like a, he's, he's got the right attitude. He was just injured all year long and, you know, he should have just taken the year off, but he tried to play through it. And this is the outcome. You know, you, people see your weaknesses that get exposed when you're injured. So, you know, I feel bad for him. Hopefully he can get into a system and kind of like fix things. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, ultimately for the Browns, it's, you know, how much, how much, how, much improvement is it losing Jarvis Landry, getting Amari Cooper, and then also still not having a quarterback that's going to throw the ball to Amari Cooper, you know? So it's like these, th there's not really a correlation in some of these moves, but that's, I think been the craziness yeah. of the off season is like, you're seeing a team, are you rebuilding? You're, you're paying premium for this position, but then you're looking to trade another player. Like a lot of it's not making sense, but that's the beauty of the off season. And there's so much off season left before football actually kicks off. But uh, the people that aren't paying attention or the people that aren't doing much, during this time, I mean, this is the time where teams are building their rosters to compete for uh, games in September and in October. So uh, I think it's really important to see how these teams are shaking things up. And uh, we'll dive more into it again this episode. We want to jump into the NFC and the AFC West. We'll talk about those two divisions, kind of see what the offseason outlook has looked like for each of these teams and, you know, the moves that they've made up until this point and maybe what more they can do in the draft to solidify their contention. So without further ado, let's jump into the NFC West first. From shittiest to best, the worst team in the division last year in the NFC West was the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks were 7-10 and 10 last year, finished 3-3 three and three in the division, and they did end up still being the worst team of the division, but having a positive point differential. So uh, typically, you don't see that from a team that's last in the division. The good thing with this team is they did come into the offseason with a ton of cap space, $33 million, but the biggest news for Seattle is they have traded away Russell Wilson once uh, the franchise quarterback that helped them win a Super Bowl, that took them to another one, has 
no is no longer on the roster. He is over in Denver. So this team is now looking for probably a quarterback. They still have some receivers. They have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. Um, they have guys that are taking up, you know, decent amount of cap space in on the defensive side with Jamal Adams, but you have big free agents like Bobby Wagner, Dwayne Brown, Gerald Everett, Rashad Penny and Alex Collins, both, both free agents from a running back perspective. So you're looking at this team and really trying to understand the trade for Russell Wilson, in my opinion, made it seem like this team was heading into a rebuild. But the fact that they still have two receivers that, you know, a, a one and a two receiver are, are as good as any other team in the in the NFL. And we knew that the, the problem with this team was their offensive line and the defense. Did this team do enough? Does this team have enough money? And can this team build a roster without having your core and Russell Wilson to be competitive next year? Or do you think it makes most sense with this team having seven draft picks, 33 million in cap space to start building for the future? Yeah, I think that they're in a rebuild mode, but it's strange that they let go of their quarterback, Russell Wilson, future Hall of Famer, but Pete Carroll is still there at age 71. So, you know, I guess he's willing to coach a couple more years and he's not looking to retire. And, you know, that's probably why they didn't uh, release him or he didn't retire. But um, I think that they are a quarterback away from being a, a legitimate team. And it's crazy that they let go of Russell Wilson, but uh, they've got some some solid some solid pieces. They need to fix their offensive linemen. Um, you talked about Dwayne Brown, but they're looking to get Trent Brown, um, who is an offensive lineman, the, the biggest lineman in the NFL at 6'8", 380 pounds. Um, and he's got some issues being healthy, but uh, if he's healthy, he's good. So they can get, you know, they can solidify the left tackle role. Um, they're re-signing uh, Quandre Diggs, who had the most interceptions last year, back-to-back uh, -back Pro Bowl guys. So uh, on their defense, and then they got Noah Fant for their tight end, right? So uh, I think they, they're figuring out what they're going to do with um, Everett. Uh, Disley, Disley did get signed. Um, and then the, in terms of their running back situation, Rashad Penny or Alex Collins, I think they should keep Rashad Penny, uh, let go of Alex Collins. Um, but it, to be seen in terms of that in, 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 in that field. Um, but going back to the biggest thing is the quarterback position. And the biggest news that I, I've seen from the Seattle Seahawks is that Tyler Lockett actually worked out with Colin Kaepernick uh, two days ago. So and nothing. he had a lot of good it's things nothing. to say about <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, like saying Colin Kaepernick still has it. This is just a workout video, right? Yeah. So maybe he's that savior that can come in and make Seahawks legitimate in that oh division God. what is this a disney movie I, i'm not i'm not believing in this hype this is he's gone he's done deal thank you for your service colin kaepernick it was fun watching you but um <laughs> I, I don't know if they're a quarterback away dude this is like this team was struggling hardcore with, with even with russell wilson back i know his finger was a little issue and they have some studs on offense but like you mentioned it's, it's easy to just say you know their offensive line needs some help but like we've seen over and over, like you can't have a good team with bad offensive line. It's just not possible. You're going to get killed. And, and then their defense, where was their defense all year long last year? There was, that defense was crap. And now they just lost Bobby Wagner, which was like the reason they were, uh, you know, that core lasted even after the Legion of Boom left was just Bobby Wagner hanging on by a thread. So I'm not as optimistic. You know, I would, you know, you never know with a good quarterback, things can dramatically shift culture changes, but you know, as somebody that doesn't believe in quarterbacks, quarterback wins matter or whatever that, that by that, by saying that, I mean that, you know, uh, you can't put all the pressure on the quarterback and the pressure and the quarterback's not the reason for all your successes. So, 
Yeah, I, I don't think they're just a, in my opinion, I don't think they're just a quarterback away. I think their defense is going to, it's not going to last. They're in a division with some high powered offenses, you know, if not like three of the five most high powered offenses in football. And um, yeah, and they were seven and 10 last year. I think this might be like a, I don't know, six and 11 year, unless some dramatic things happen at the quarterback position. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not so optimistic on them. They, I feel like they have a, a lot more needs. I know they resigned some mm-hmm. people, some cores, but yeah. um, it's going to be interesting to keep up with this team. They did sign a couple of other guys too. They signed Artie Burns um, and uh, they're a linebacker who's also plays defensive end in Uchina Nuasu. Um, so he had, so just so something about him, he had more QB pressures, pressures with 40 than anyone on that Seattle de- uh, defense last upgrade. year. Um, nice. up, upgrade there, right. Uh, so, you know, defensive back, defensive end linebacker uh, and a cornerback addition, along with your already good cornerback cornerbacks that you have, uh, could make them a little bit better than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the the pieces they got back in the Wilson trade can be immediate impacts. Defensive tackle Shelby Shelby Harris is going to step in and start right away. Uh, Noah Fant, like you mentioned, at the tight end position. But like you mentioned, Shovit, on the defensive side, I think, you know, the cornerbacks is assigned Burns and even Sidney Jones. Those are going to be nice complementary pieces, but they still don't have a number one. Quandary Diggs is huge. That's a big, big safety for them to get as seems like he's going to be now the focal point of that defense with Bobby Wagner's uncertainty. It doesn't seem like they're going to resign him, but the offensive line as well, they signed center Austin Blight. So they are slowly patchworking this team together. With that being said, again, you're losing the biggest piece on your team, which is quarterback, but here's the situation. They have the number ninth pick in the draft this year. They still have 33 million in cap space. Is this the team now that looks at a possible quarterback in the first round because they can get them on a rookie scale contract. They'll still have enough cap space to maybe even get more linemen or or more help on the defensive side with for him. So, um, Again, it, it, it's it's one of those things where I think ideally if they wanted to keep Russell Wilson or if Russell Wilson wanted to stay there, they probably would have figured out a way to make it work. But the reports came out that Russell Wilson himself was ready to move on. So at that point, it doesn't become a hard decision. You know, when your best player who's given you a Super Bowl and, and is ready to kind of get a change of scenery, you're going to try to do your best to probably accommodate for that. Yeah. So it, it seems like long term, it's going to work out for both of them. But yes, I mean, seven and 10 last year with Russell Wilson missing a handful of games, Geno Smith still looked okay like for for how bad geno smith is and for how long he hadn't seen the field he looked decent so if they can draft a quarterback or if they can get a quarterback on the cheap here in free agency i don't know jimmy garoppolo like other guys that are available that maybe even again colin kaepernick seems very very far-fetched because the dude's not played football in like six years but but at the same time if you're getting colin kaepernick if colin kaepernick's goal right now is just to get signed and you're getting met a premium discount like he's costing you next to nothing because let's be real like how can he even ask for money at this point um i think it's still worth looking into because you have so much money to build around him he wouldn't have to do too much if you could build him an entire offense or a roster right so um i think it'll be interesting for them i don't know that they signed Pete Carroll to go into rebuild because of how old he is as well. Right. So that also leads me to believe like is Pete Carroll getting signed back on to at the age of 71 to withstand another two, three year rebuild. Or are they like here, Pete, we're looting. We're going to lose Russell Wilson, but we're still going to have enough money to try to patchwork this team to be competitive in 2022, especially as free agencies progressing guys. And we're seeing how depleted the NFC is starting to become. 
But yeah, so uh, again, for Seattle, I think it's, it's going to be interesting because yeah, they're losing their best player. So replacing him at, a, at the quarterback position is going to be the biggest question mark for them. But little things that they've done in the offseason and they still have a ton of cap space to work with. So hopefully they can still swing a couple of bigger moves to, to stay competitive in that division. But moving right along, the next team on the board. The San Francisco 49ers last year finished third in this division, but still were the sixth seed in the NFC at 10 and seven, two and four divisional record and still made the playoffs. So struggled within the division, but still had a plus 62 point differential. Uh, they have $7.7 million in cap space this off season, but there are a ton of question marks. Again, this team also starts with the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo has an injury. It looks like they're not, it looks like they're not committed to him in the future. They've made him available for trades. Teams have called about Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's going to become, is this the Trey Lance show? Is he ready to assume the starting quarterback position and take over this offense next year? Uh, because there's still enough weapons around him to make this team successful in 2022. But again, I think the reason they were shopping Garoppolo and still also looking at a replacement quarterback is because they themselves feel like Trey Lance still needs some time to get acclimated into the NFL and learn the system and learn the playbook. So, um, you know, with this team, their biggest offseason signing, you have to look at their cornerback, Traverius Ward, right? They gave him a pretty, pretty hefty three-year, $40.5 million contract because they needed cornerback position pretty uh, direly. And so being that that was their top position of need outside of the quarterback, they did a good job locking him up, played, played well in Kansas City. But outside of that, you know, the defense is going to have a lot of question marks here. Where are you guys seeing the 49ers needing to go in this offseason or what they need to do to replicate the success from last year or even surpass that success? Yeah, I mean, the biggest, biggest uh, free agency signing that they couldn't do is the Lakin Tomlinson um, signing where he went to the Jets. He's now the highest paid tackle for $41.2 million. So it seems like they shifted from he's a focusing guard, isn't on he? that. Is he he's guard? a guard, yeah. yeah. Guard, yeah. yeah. Um, so instead of focus, instead of paying him, they thought we're going to go ahead and sign Traverius Ward and focus on our defense and cornerback position. So it looks like they just kind of shifted uh, their philosophy there, which is which I find interesting because they are stout running team. So I would assume that they would want to keep that, you know, same core of offensive linemen, help Debo um, and um, their their running back. Elijah, uh, Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, right? Uh, and so, but but yeah, they decided to go the cornerback route, uh, and now uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. They're also they also lost DJ uh, Jones. He's heading to De uh, Denver for a 2020 first round pick. So it almost seems like they're losing more than they're getting. We're not sure about their cornerback situation as well. Is Jason Verrett coming back or not? Um, and is Quan Quan uh, Williams going to come back or not? So they've got a lot of uh, question marks on their team and so um i, I don't I, i'm almost worried for the 49ers i'm not sure if they can repeat the kind of season that they had last year just because we haven't seen um that great of a free agency period for them this you know as per date yeah i mean i'm a little worried for the 49ers defense i've never i don't think i've ever said that in my whole life because they're so they're always so good on defense but um you know they had their core pieces still um nick bosa still going there strong and we still got fred warner in the middle um, but you know, some veterans are leaving or may leave, you know, Josh Norman is, is declining as you can see a cornerback B he has declined significantly, but he still knows the veteran moves, right? He can teach some of the younger guys. Um, and then Jason Verrett at one point was PFF's number one rated cornerback. Like these are some big key points 
to why the 49ers can run the ball. You can't run the ball. If you have weak secondary, then you're going to get scored on. And then you can't keep up if you run the ball. Like it's not making sense right now. You have a lot of question marks with this whole quarterback situation. I can probably guarantee you Jimmy G is probably gone. It's like 95% sure. I don't know how you can come back from like, you know, he was the first quarterback that was even talked about when the free agency opened up that may be leaving. Like they literally immediately was like, okay, Jimmy G's up for grabs. Who wants him? You know, that kind of, that kind of rubs you the wrong way. If it was Baker Mayfield, he would have probably tweeted about it already. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, you know, you have a guy that you believe in as your future. I, I don't see how much longer you want to like, let him watch, you know, he's got some rep time. It's second year time. It's go time, you know, like, um, big players, big name players that you think are going to make big impacts in the league for many years. They're not ones to, you know, sit around for too long. They want to play. So I assume Trey Lance has voiced his uh, opinion to his coach, like coach, I'm ready, or I'm going to be ready by the time season starts. So, you know, it would make sense to make Trey Lance the guy there and immediately get rid of Jimmy G. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time, but cornerbacks, like I mentioned earlier, you need to keep one of these guys. You already lost some of your key pieces around, um, and like you said, uh, they are seem like they're getting a little bit worse um, than last year. So it's it's key. At least hold on to Verrett however you can. And um, that's the only way. If you lose your cornerbacks, you lose your run game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they did a good job replacing uh, DJ Jones in the middle with uh, Hassan Ridgeway. So the, the, they've swapped that. They've signed a number one cornerback in Ward. But like you said, they need a number two still. And I think for them, that safety position is really, really important. Marcella Harris, Chiquisky Tart, and Tavon Wilson, all safeties, all pending free agents, right? So safety seems like for this team, uh, they have a number, they have the number 23rd overall pick in the first round. So a safety, there's a huge drop off after Kyle Hamilton, who's projected to go like top five. So I think for them, uh, a honey badger, you know, still, still a free agent that, that, that seems like something that could make a decent amount of sense, but, uh, I think they're going to need to shore up that back end because it's going to be important for a team that relied so heavily on the back end last year. If they all of a sudden deplete that back four, uh, that front seven, all of a sudden doesn't look as dominant anymore. Like you mentioned outside of Fred Warner. So, and Nick Bosa. So it's going to be interesting to see how the draft helps that. And like you said, she showed, I think. At this point, there really are so limited in quarterback options that it almost seems like by default, you just start to play Trey Lance. Like, let's let's get him the reps. Let's see what he can do. I mean, this is the best way he's going to learn. And if this is kind of a bridge gap year for them where, you know, there, there's some roster reconstruction happening, what better way for Trey Lance to learn than to literally just be thrown into the fire? So he got to sit, he got to experience some last year. He got to learn with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. I think this year it's time to kind of free the reins and see what they got. Because again, it's really easy in this league to tell if a quarterback is typically going to be a quarterback of the future, or if they just don't quite have it. And so the sooner they can figure out if Lance is the future or not, the sooner they can either deviate away from that or start to put the pieces uh, around him to help him become more successful. So uh, interesting off season for this division where this division was absolutely stacked last year. Seems like a natural regression is in play, but uh, who knows? Maybe the other teams will have something to say about that. Let's move on to the next team. The Arizona Cardinals, who were second in this division last year, were the fifth seed in the playoffs, grabbing that first wild card spot. Finished last year eleven and six. They were four and two in the division. Uh, did a decent job scoring a ton of points, plus eighty three in point differential. Have about nine million dollars in cap space here. I think the biggest cap hits for them are pretty obvious. DeAndre Hopkins is getting paid a crap ton of money. You still have JJ Watt getting a lot of money. Uh, you have your safety Buda Baker, and then you have your defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. So they are committing a ton of money to really, really key areas of the ball. And outside of that, they did have a ton of departures. Jordan Hicks, 
left and signed with the Vikings. Chandler Jones, left and signed with the Raiders. You have A.J. Green as a free agent. Christian Kirk got paid, absolutely paid. And Chase Edmonds also left. And Chase Edmonds, where did he sign? The Bills? Was that was it the Bills? No, the Dolphins. Or no, Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins. So, yeah, so a, a lot of big names for the Cardinals have left. They had some weird, weird rumors with Kyler Murray swirling where we didn't know if he wanted to be there, got rid of all the Cardinals stuff. I guess they've kind of squashed that and they're working on a possible extension, which is going to cost a lot of money for Kyler Murray. Um, but they have 11 draft picks this year. So they have a really, really good opportunity to start to plug these veterans, the Hicks, the Jones, the Kirks, the Edmonds holes with players in the draft. Uh, they're going to have to get younger soon, but they did end up bringing back James Connor. They brought back to Zach Ertz and Mac Williams and of note, former first round draft pick from the Vikings who got into a lot of trouble and since has been uh, deemed eligible to play in the NFL and kind of got dropped of all of his, I believe his, his cases or whatever lawsuit that he was going through. Jeff Gladney has signed a two-year deal with them. So uh, I think that's shout really, out yeah, shout out to Pravash. That's a very low risk, high reward upside. I mean, former first round pick didn't yeah. get to sniff the field. Uh, if the off season crap is put to bed, I mean, there's a reason he was a former first round talent. So uh, that, that, that could end up being a really, really big pickup for them. But from an overall roster, roster construction standpoint, guys, where do the Cardinals need to go in the draft? And, and, and where are you guys seeing this team heading into 2022? Yeah, so, I mean, they, it looks like they went with Connor and not Edmonds, which uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think that Connor's a good red zone guy, but Edmonds was kind of the guy, like, first down, second down. Um, so, you know, th that's, that's got to hurt them in the long term, I think. I don't know if Connor can be that every down back. For them so they definitely need another running back to kind of complement his role um and then losing um their uh receiver christian kirk you got deandre hopkins and then aj green who shows up one game doesn't show up another game he's not the same guy that he was when he played for the the Bengals. so uh on on the offense side i think that not having um this those receivers uh and then be on their you know full potential and then losing Chase Edmonds is a big hit on them um and then so the la the last thing I'll say is this Kyler Murray situation you know I I don't know if I am a believer of Kyler Kyler Murray just quite yet I think he's injury prone I think that ever since he got injured um back in I think like week uh middle of the season week six or seven I don't I don't remember it right now but yeah, he's he, he he, he plays worried, like he's afraid to get hit. And it's, and he's a small guy, right? He's a small QB that I just don't think that like I've seen enough to warrant him to get paid what he's asking for right now. So I, I, I mean, if, even if the Cardinals do end up paying uh, Kyler Murray, I would be really worried moving forward that I am not going to get the same same kind of production I may have gotten uh, in like the first six weeks of the NFL when he was playing. Yeah, the good thing is he's still pretty young, right? So, and it's just an ankle injury. It's not like anything serious where, like, you know, he would, his play would regress. Um, and the thing is, for him to get injured, he has to get hit and you can't touch the guy. So, you know, as long as the offensive linemen are protecting and they have one of the best, uh, you know, blindside blockers in football. So, you know, they've, they've built it around where he can play his system and it could work. Like, I, I would sell an arm and a leg to get Kyler Murray on my team just because the upside is just, ridiculous there's nobody else like kyler murray you know there's a lot of running quarterbacks there's a lot of passing quarterbacks but then it's really rare to see like a kyler murray who can just like run around like a chicken with his head cut off so i mean just the upside wise it's kind of tasty i like i like the idea of it but you're right he's a little guy he's a little guy one hit like millions 
down the drain, you know? So that's something right. to worry about. Um, but I am not worried about this running back situation. You know, we have to remember running backs are not as valuable as we think they are. You know, there's always those special ones like Jonathan Taylor that come out of nowhere, or I mean, not nowhere, but you know, like it surprises people. Um, but you know, these chase Edmonds, they're very much like other chase Edmonds is around the league. You know, you can, there's a bunch of check down guys that can do check down things and he's injury prone as well. So losing him is not the end of the world. I think you can fill in his void with a bunch of running backs in the draft, like even cook's little brother, you know, he's very similar to that style probably runs more efficiently. Um, so, and then the wide receivers, remember how we were talking about how much wide receivers they had at one point where we were like, this is the best wide receiver going football. So uh, there's still Rondell Moore who can, I think probably fill in Christian Kirk's role. What was Christian Kirk's role? Just go deep, go deep. Yeah, he was Christian like a Kirk. go route guy. Yeah. It was weird. You know? Um, and I'm one of those people that thinks Christian Kirk wasn't all that from the beginning. Like, why did you get paid that much? Probably just because the salary cap is increasing every year and there's just more money to be given out. Um, so, and then AJ green, absolutely. You hit that dead on. I don't even know why he's still playing. He should get Julio Jones should give him a call and be like, bro, we got to go. What are we doing? Let's go fishing with Randy Moss. Straight bass, homie. But anyways, um, <laughs> they got worse. You know, Jordan Hicks is now a Viking. Chandler Jones, probably not going to be playing. Uh, I mean, he already got signed, right? He already, Raiders, got, yeah. he already got to the Raiders. So this defense, this team has actually gotten worse in almost all aspects. They have added Jeff Gladney, but, you know, he's he's a tackler. He's not a cover guy. He's, he's more of like a, I will tackle anybody that comes in my way. But he's not a coverage guy. He could get beat deep, you know? Like, so I don't know if they fixed my biggest concern. Like, I wanted them to get J.C. Jackson and kind of like solidify that role. But Jeff Gladney is not solidifying that role. That's just another hopeful choice, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what the, the Cardinals are doing. This is just more pressure on Kyler Murray. I'm not liking, this is probably like my least liked team as of, after all the teams we've talked about, this team is questioning me the most. They're not doing much and they're holding on to JJ Watts cap hit and DeAndre Hopkins got 25 million. And he's going to play like five games this year. So like, it's, it's just questionable what, what route they're taking and how much, how much they're believing in Kyler Murray to do everything. So I'm a little worried. Yeah, I think the I think the and obviously internally there's been rumblings that uh, reports came out that Kyler Murray maybe is not mature, like he's still a child, like he's still selfish and things about himself. And uh, I mean, again, like you said, he's a kid, right? At the end of the day, he's a kid in the, in the biggest stage of the of football that you could possibly be in, and uh, he's going to be due an enormous contract. So you know, is he letting that get to his head? Is he, you know, is he thinking about the fact that he's so worried about securing the bag that that's what's important to him right now? Who knows? And then obviously with Cl Cliff Kingsbury, I don't even know if he's, he's the guy, I don't know if he's the answer. I don't know if he just got that job because of the reputation and the fact that he's, he's getting, you know, he has somebody like Kyler Murray to make him look good when he looks good. Cause Kyler Murray can make anybody look good with his, with the way he can run around. So, um, I think, you know, I'm still, I'm still not worried about Kyler Murray. I'm not worried about his long-term outlook. He's too tremendously talented. Yes. Obviously with the size, there's concerns, but like you said, he does a good job of sliding and he does a good job of like avoiding contact that you're not necessarily worried about that, but from an offensive standpoint, they did get worse. They did get worse. They brought back some of the guys that they had in Max Williams and Ertz, but they they lost guys that they had last year too, right? So they haven't refilled or replenished those positions yet, but that's where this team, it's going to be really important with these 11 draft picks that either they, you know, hit on a lot of these, or they do a good job of utilizing the back end draft picks to trade up and get guys that they need that are instant playmakers or impacts or, or instant guys that are going to make impacts on, on either side of the ball. 
Um, but yeah, for, from, from this division, it seems like, you know, with how well they started last year and how hot they were. And at one point they were like, oh, perennial possible Super Bowl contenders. And then how they dropped off. This team is trending in the wrong direction. They yeah. don't have enough money. They're losing important guys and they're paying positions like DeAndre Hopkins, who when he's healthy, he's one of the top three best receivers in the league, but he hasn't been on the field enough. And so like you can't have that much money tied up to a receiver that's not on the field enough, a defensive end in JJ Watt that's not on the field enough. And so it, it's it's going to become a financial, uh, I guess, battle for them um, to be able to get enough money to allocate to players in impactful positions. So uh, it's going to be draft or bust for the Cardinals, it looks like this year, or Kyler Murray is going to have to take the next step and, you know, be a perennial MVP candidate this year and play out of his mind and, 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 you know, take the step that the Mahomes have taken, take the step that the Josh Allen's have taken. That's the only way I see the Cardinals being a legitimate contender. I think they've regressed drastically. But the number one team in the division is the last team that we want to talk about. Last year's defending Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams, who were the best team in this division, the best team in the NFC and the best team in the NFL. 12-5 and five last year, they won the Super Bowl as the number four seed, three and three divisional records. So uh, contrary to popular belief, you can suck in your division and still win the Super Bowl. So three and three divisional record plus 88 uh, point differential. This team is $8 million in the hole in terms of cap space. They have done some flexibility, some maneuvering, but we know that there's big positions that are demanding a lot of money as well as they should be right. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I don't care what your cap hits are. I mean, you deserve the money you get paid because you are that impactful. Uh, obviously the cap hit for Matthew Stafford, Leonard Floyd, Cooper cup, Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth, $17 million cap hit no longer on the books because he has officially retired. So, uh, riding off in the sunset with a super bowl win against your former team, like we talked about. And then obviously Robert Woods still there with the ACL injury with 15 million. The biggest offseason acquisition for this team, guys, is Allen Robinson. Three years, $46.5 million. Um, I mean, it's freaking scary because a team that literally just had Cooper Cup for majority of their season, and he still almost had 2,000 yards receiving, just got a whole heck of a lot better in Allen Robinson. And if they keep Robert Woods, I mean, that's got to be the three best. That's got to be the best receiving trio in the NFL. Yeah, you scared, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. And so uh, they, yeah, that's, that's an awesome pick to get Allen Robertson. I mean, you've got, you said Cooper cup, Allen Robertson, you got OBJ, you still have Robert Woods. Uh, one of those guys, I mean, uh, OBJ is a pending are, free agent. So he probably won't come back. Yeah. OBJ probably won't come back, but Robert Woods may be a good, like a trade bait kind of guy. Um, so as, as far as their needs, what, what they need is, uh, you know, you mentioned that Andrew Whitwork, uh, he's retiring. So they definitely need some help on the offensive lineman. They signed Brian Allen, which is a center um, back. So, you know, that's, I guess that's something uh, good for them, but they need someone else to protect Matthew Stafford. Uh, they lost Von Miller, which is a huge loss to them. They need another outside linebacker. I'm not sure who's, who, they, who they'll go out and get in the free agency for that, or maybe they'll look to get uh, this outside linebacker in the draft. Um, and uh, so, and then the other position that they are also losing is Darius Williams um, in their cornerback position. So, uh, you know, you've got Ramsey, but you need a good solid wide receiver, uh, running back, cornerback too. Um, so I think that uh, as far as who they can get, Joe Hayden, maybe a, a possibility here. Joe Hayden, uh, you know, could play a good cornerback too, um, very well for the Rams. And um, 
or they trade for Stefan Gilmore. I don't know if like the Stefan Gilmore and Robert Woods trade is possible. Stefan Gilmore uh, and freaking Jalen Ramsey just end the season. Yeah. Wait, where do you throw the ball? Where do you throw the ball? Right, right. So that would make them a pretty deadly team, um, a scary team. So uh, yeah, they should go out and make that move. Yeah, dude. Like if you think about it from like a percentage of space on the field to actually play football when you're dealing with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey eliminates 25% of the field. And then you have Aaron Donald eliminating another 25 up the middle. So the rest of the team, the other nine guys are essentially playing with 50% of the field. You got, you know, nine people covering 50% of the field. That it's an easy job. Um, so, you know, what I'm trying to get at is yes, you know, they, they got a Super Bowl. Um, they're not going to have the same team as they did last year because of the cap space and loss of key players, but they can still put up a fight. It's not like it's over. You know what I mean? Like um, there's the, Matthew Stafford's still there. They're going to throw 40 plus touchdowns. Um, still have Aaron Donald, still have Jalen Ramsey, and the rest is just bonus points. And, you, and your bonus points include Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So it's like from an offensive standpoint, nothing's really going to change. Yes, you lost Whitworth, but I the thing with the thing with good teams is that they make good decisions. You know, like th- this going all out situation was a good decision. And Sean McVay's no, you know, sleaze ball. He's going to do what he can to probably fill up that role even during mini camp and, you know, practice, they're going to figure it out. They're going to find a way to do their best. And that's the good thing about teams like this is that they will do things like that. And, you know, I know losing Von Miller is kind of scary, but you know, he was a little bit older and it was probably the right decision in the grand scheme of things. Cause you can't pay him that much and pay Aaron Donald that much and play Jalen Ramsey that much. Then you're literally sacrificing your future. Um, but yeah, you know, they aren't going to be as good as last year, but they can still put up a fight, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And Allen Robinson being added to that group, they're just going to be better than last year as far as catching the ball and throwing the ball. So putting up a point, putting up points is not an issue. It's just a matter of not letting the other team score at this point. And when you don't have that many draft picks, it makes it hard. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what a team does after winning a Super Bowl to keep fighting because they have no ammo to fight with. Yeah, I think the the Whitworth replacement, the kind of the writing was on the wall. They they extended and they re-signed Joe Noteboom, who had stepped in um, last year for Whitworth and a po- opposite Whitworth. So he's he's True. a 20, 26 year old tackle now who's going to pretty much probably just step right in and fill that role. Obviously, bringing back Brian Allen as a center is huge. So the offensive line and the offense as a whole, I'm pretty sure at this point has zero, zero concerns. If anything, I'd argue that their offense actually got better with yeah. Allen Robinson because Robert Woods wasn't on the field and OBJ got hurt. And OBJ, you know, didn't demand at the same level of attention that right. I think that, that I think a possible a healthy Allen Robinson is going to demand. So um, I, I think offensively, they're even better. And like you said, Shisho, when your defense, when the core of your defense is the two best defensive players at their positions and maybe in the league as a whole, you can literally just fill the rest of the spots with like plug and play guys and, and, and guys who, you know, just have to do enough to get by. And so uh, with only having four draft picks and having a, roster and a destination as attractive as LA, you're going to see guys that are, you know, maybe aging, maybe veterans. They still have something left in the tank, but they're going to play at a discount. They want to come here and fill up some of these patchwork holes in the defense and still contend. So realistically, the Rams are in a pretty, pretty beneficial situation to have a 
chance to possibly repeat, right? I don't think there's enough gaping holes in this team from last year that repeating is out of the realm of question. Obviously, again, keeping in mind that the NFC has gotten drastically worse over the course of the yeah. offseason so far. And we mentioned the rest of their divisions, not that hot. You know, we're talking yeah. about 49ers getting a little bit worse, talking about the Cardinals losing many players, and we're talking about Seahawks in rebuilding mode, possibly. And the Rams got better on offense. So, yeah. you know, anything's game. If you win your division, anything's game. Yeah, so uh, Super Bowl repeat looks like uh, it is a possibility for the LA Rams, and I think this year I expect them to still be atop their division. Granting, you know, barring some kind of crazy injury or some kind of crazy um, off-season moves between now and the time that the season starts, guys. Let's jump over to the juggernaut of the AFC West. The worst team in the division last year at seven and ten were the Denver Broncos. They were one and five in terms of a divisional record, plus thirteen point differential. We talked all year about this team being what a quarterback away. And what did they do? They pretty much paid the price for their mortgage for the rest, you know, for the next three years in order to get one of the best quarterbacks on the market, Russell Wilson, who comes here and in his press conference says he wants to win three to four Super Bowls. So uh, pretty, pretty tall order for a guy who has won a Super Bowl and been to two. But I like the confidence. The team around Russell Wilson is awfully scary, guys. I mean, defensively, they're young, they're hungry. They have so many marquee impact players. And then obviously on the offensive side of the ball, we talked about the fact that Teddy Bridgewater didn't have the ability, Drew Locke didn't have the ability to get the ball in the hands of these playmakers. It was making Jerry Judy, it was making Cortland Sutton, it was making Tim Patrick look bad, when in reality, this is a really, really good receiving core. Pair that up with Javante Williams, the emerging running back there. Um, I mean, the Denver Broncos all of a sudden, I mean, Again, before everything took place this last week, the Denver Broncos seemed prized and destined to compete for a possible Super Bowl. I don't know where they stand now with all of the moves that the corresponding teams in their division have made, but let's start with Denver. How do you grade this offseason? Where do you see this team finishing? They are no less than an A. A. Yeah, they're <laughs> A or A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean... I, going out and getting, you know, future Hall of Famer, nighttime Pro Bowl, Russell Wilson is definitely going to make you a contender to go out and win the Super Bowl this year. With all of that talent that you have, you got Javante Williams, a great running back. You got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutton. And then you also have, you know, Albert Okwajibunum, uh, which is their tight end. That's one, of your, that's be, one of your better names that you yeah. said. Yeah, that, that who might be the sleeper tight end of this year with Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Who knows now that they don't have no a fan and on the defensive side they could go out and get randy gregory they get dj jones and their defense was already pretty scary last year they definitely gave kansas city something uh for their something to worry about i guess um last year so i i'm i'm you know a a plus for the broncos they're in the right track to go out and get that super bowl yeah they literally something really bad could happen to all of their wide receivers and just because they got Russell Wilson, I would just give them an A-plus right there. This is a game-changing quarterback. This may be the best quarterback of this decade or the most recent decade. And he probably is. I could definitely put up an argument there. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know if anything's happened with these guys yet, but Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, and Kareem Jackson, the four of, you know, three of their four most important players in their backfield are pending free agents. Have they been signed by anybody yet? No, those guys have not been signed yet. I know, I know. obviously, with, with Denver, they have PS2, Patrick Sertan as their number one cornerback. So you're right. If you're having two starting cornerbacks and a starting safety hit the free agency block, they're definitely going to need back-end help. 
Right. And that was one of their strengths last year. Actually, for many years, that's been one of their strengths. And, um, you know, offensively, I'm sure none of us have any worries. This is like a quarterback's buffet. And I don't mean this in the sense of big names. I mean the variety. Like you have you have a little quick little I run six yard drags better than most people in the league uh, wide receiver. And then you have I'll take it deep wide receiver and I'll, I'll probably catch it over any other cornerback. And then you have a wide receiver that does both of that. Right. And he's like a ginormous monster. So it's like you have everything you need to succeed. And, you know, uh, I guess Russell Wilson was like, oh, let's win some Super Bowls because he saw what he has now. He doesn't have to worry about DK Metcalf only running two routes. He doesn't have to worry about Lockett getting hurt all the time and only running deep like he's probably sick and tired of that. He's like, we're like, I'm getting murdered by my offensive line. I never get help from my offensive line. And, and my wide receivers can only run like four routes. So now he gets a significantly better offensive line and he gets receivers that do everything. These receivers collectively are, you know, top notch collectively. So that's huge. Getting help from your running backs, huge. Um, the only concern, like I said earlier, the only concern is we need to see some draft picks here. Uh, in the back end or see some changes because they still have a little bit of cap space. Um, that's it. That is it. And this is a Super Bowl team and they're going to be seeing, you know, whoever in the Super Bowl here uh, pretty shortly if they can fix this cornerback and back end situation. Yeah, this is another team that I see as a honey badger fit, right? They So they have PS2. They still have Ronald Darby, who can probably play their nickel corner. So they probably need a cornerback, too, in the draft. With 10 total picks, I think you're going to be able to find somebody yeah, in the draft. But sure. I think solidifying a safety like a honey badger to man that secondary. I mean, God, if they sign honey badger, is there anything preventing I mean, this team? Like, from I mean, they're already way? pretty much all in. Like, why not? Yeah, honestly, with, you still have enough cap space. He's getting to the tail end of his career, so I think the contract there wouldn't be as expensive as pay, maybe people think. You have Randy Gregory as a big flashy signing as your edge linebacker after you know needing to uh, fill that hole in that position. So I think, yeah, they're, they're literally just a possible safety or maybe a second cornerback away from actually having zero holes in this team. Justin Simmons, PS2, yeah. and... Honey Badger, God, yeah. some people just have it all. Yeah. Some, some franchises just, just know what it means to go out there and try to fucking yeah. compete, man. And the Denver Broncos are the epitome of one. It's super exciting for Russell Wilson. I think that, again, I think that's a match made in heaven. He's got a great offensive line, uh, good weapons. And now, again, it's, it's, it's just about executing. But the best thing about this, guys, is that while Denver got better, the rest of the division didn't just rest on their laurels. They said, you know what? You guys are going to go out and get Russell Wilson. We're going to go out and get guys that can take Russell Wilson's head off. So that takes us to the next team in the division. This story can write itself. The L.A. Chargers, the second team in the division, finished 9-8 and eight last year, 3-3 three and three in their division, plus 15-point differential. We already know about their high-flying offense. They re-signed Mike Williams, give him a big, fat contract, three years, $60 million. Hopefully, he can stay on the field and actually play to the potential of that contract. But the biggest thing these Chargers are doing, guys, they said, you know what, Russell Wilson? You want to come to Denver? We're going to go ahead and bring in a guy that knows more about Denver than you. Von Miller comes to town for the Chargers now opposite Joey Bosa. And what is Von Miller's task going to be two times this year is to take Russell Wilson's head off. So, uh, again, I'm loving this chess checkers that this AFC West is deciding to play. They're they, they got uh, Von Miller. The Chargers went out and paid J.C. Jackson, number one cornerback here, five years, $82.5 million. They got a Pro Bowl long snapper, right? So they're not just – even the most – 
random outlandish positions, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, we got the money. We're going to get the best of the best. So they go out and they get a Pro Bowl long snapper. And then on top of that, they solidify their defensive tackle in Sebastian Day. So this team has done so much on the defensive side of the ball this year or this offseason that it, it, it goes to show that they understood, along with everybody else that watched this team last year, that the offense was fantastic and the defense was atrocious so jc jackson von miller those are two immediate impact players that are going to turn that defense around i mean where are you guys seeing the chargers landing in the afc west <laughs> that's that's a million dollar question that's very tough to say within a division with uh the raiders the chiefs and the uh and the broncos uh, all who've done amazing this year but yeah no they have had a uh, if not a uh maybe we'll say a minus just because russell wilson gives them that extra boost for the broncos but uh, a solid solid free agency just because one of the biggest defic- deficiencies last year was their defense so what do they do they go out and get a defensive tackle they get the edge um you know and the cornerback that you want now you know it's all that is set to be seen is if that defensive scheme will fit with these personnel um and if if it does then the chargers are looking pretty scary there were times in that offense where like things weren't clicking for justin herbert um and so i wonder what the solution there is i wonder if that's just more of like again schemes on the offensive side staley needs to just kind of adapt and uh, trust the running game a little bit more. Um, so there, there were times on the offense that it wasn't as good as we uh, are used to seeing them. Um, so that, I, and I don't see them answering any of their questions because they just they got back Mike Williams because they had the cap and they paid him. But I don't know if that was the answer to solve some of their offensive problems too. So that that is something that is probably going to hold them back still. Uh, but all in all, as far as addressing your defensive side, well done, Chargers on on the free agency. Yeah, the L.A. Clippers of the NFL, um, they got better. They, they got better. Overall, they got better. And, and yes, they did not change much on the offense. That's because it was a very youthful quarterback that hasn't understood the game to his full potential. And I think, you know, getting watching Joe Burrow, his counterpart, do so well, you don't think he's sitting there, like, putting in extra reps and, like, you know, studying a little bit more because Herbert's just as good, if not better. And he, I know he's more talented as far as arm strength goes. He can run faster. You know, it's just the mentality is a little different, but that's fixable if you're willing to fix it. And um, the Chargers, you know, th- this is it. This is very, very impressive. This is one of the most impressive off seasons I've ever seen because they didn't just get better. They immediately became a threat to the Chiefs. Like that's, that's no joke. Like, you know, we've already seen the weaknesses the Chiefs have, and that's, not being able to protect Patty Mahomes in the in the clutchest moments uh, in the game. And now he's going to have to be worrying about freaking all these units just coming at him. And then now they have more coverage weapons out there to like blanket people like Tyreek Hill. And it's just, you know, they did what they're supposed to do. And it's my hat. If I was wearing a hat, I'm taking my hat off. I'm giving them an A plus two because, you know, everybody can eat. Just one person doesn't have to be valedictorian. We can have two valedictorians. This is the NFL. So, um, yeah, we're going to we're gonna give them an A-plus because th- this is exactly what they need to do. All that yelling we did all season long, Chargers, your defense sucks, your defense sucks, your defense sucks. And they're like, okay, our defense sucks. Let's just find the two best things we can find in free agency or trade for them, and let's just make it happen. And they did it. And now all of a sudden they're competitors, and they still have cap space.
Yeah. So just real quick, I made a huge mistake there because how could you not? Because these two, these two players seem very, very interchangeable in my head, but it wasn't Von Miller that they actually traded for. Yeah. Traded Khalil, for Mack. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Yeah. I said, I said Von Miller oh, incorrectly. I didn't even was, hear that. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Cause they, they're, they're so like, Oh, it's the same guy. Right. Um, but yeah, so they got Khalil Mack, but nonetheless, again, that pairing, as long as Joey Bosa, right. The thing with Bosa stay on the fucking field, bro, because you're so productive when you're on the field and it's such a big discrepancy when he's not on the field right because he is their best player on defense so it's very very imperative that that dude stays healthy because he's going to make everybody else around him better um so i think it's going to be really really important that this team who still has six picks left in the draft they still have another 21 million dollars in cap space i know typically when you sign your draft picks it takes about eight to ten million dollars up so they still have room guys to get better and 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 don't be shocked with that number 17 pick if we think they should attack the defense even though they've paid so much money on the defense side of the ball i would not be shocked if they look for another receiver right we talked about we talked about justin herbert and he is getting to that next step possible where you want to surround that guy with as much talent as you possibly can to help him get better so yes you paid mike williams but you still have money you still have keenan allen but they you know it's it's not like they wouldn't benefit from a, another receiver, right? So I think there is a chance that that number 17 overall pick could be a possible another receiver for them Add another weapon. Uh, you know, Jared Cook's a free agent, so I don't know if they're going to be trying to attack the tight end position uh, at all. Please, no, let some things, let bygones be bygones. Yeah, honestly, like that team is already getting so youthful and young. Like Cook just doesn't fit that mold anymore. Get rid of Jared Cook and let's get some young tight end that's up and coming that has some possibilities there. Um, but yeah, this team... On paper, they immediately went out and used the money that they had to spend and get the best possible players on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, very, very exciting to see that they are addressing their biggest holes and weaknesses in the offseason because this team was, what, one or two plays away from making the playoffs. So um, I think they got drastically better in an already improving AFC West. Uh, But did they get better than these other two teams? Who knows? Let's talk about them. The Las Vegas Raiders are probably the story of the day. They are ten. They finished last year ten and seven. They were the number five seed in the uh, in the playoffs, three and three divisional record. But contrary to some of these other teams, finishing ten and seven with a minus six, excuse me, minus sixty five point differential. Right. So clearly there was a huge discrepancy in the games that they won versus the games that they lost. The games that they won, they'd win close. The games that they lost, they would lose badly. And early on, the theme for this team was the fact that their run game was atrocious. Their run blocking was so bad. And Josh Jacobs was averaging like two yards a carry. They were overpaying Kenyon Drake, who, thank you, Kenyon Drake. He restructured his contract, so created some cap flexibility for this team. But you're looking at a team who has $14 million in cap space and who, like we just talked about earlier, went out and got one of the best players in the NFL they traded for Devonte Adams. So a team that we talked about last year and, you know, for some time now was always a number one receiver away, right? Henry Ruggs was not the answer. They had nice key pieces in Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, but getting a true number one in Devonte Adams, is this finally going to answer the question of what in the world is missing from the Raiders? Why are they not taking the next step? Why is Derek Carr not taking that next step? Is this it? Is this the missing piece? Let's hope so. I, this was, you know, anywhere that you look at for Raiders as far as what their need was is getting a true number one receiver. And it doesn't get truer than Devontae Adams. And hopefully this is all that Derek Carr needed in his entire career. A guy like Devontae Adams uh, to be known as an elite level quarterback. And so, I, I 
you know it's hard to have a big target like that and not be known elite but we'll we'll see um there are some you know a couple of other things that they wanted they needed to go out and get uh which is on their interior of their defense they went out and got chandler uh jones so chandler jones and max crosby is going to be a pretty big threat to opposing offenses and quarterbacks so that's uh you know well well done there i think both that of those still- moves sorry i didn't mean to cut you off a funny thing about that both of those teams, the Chargers and Raiders, made those moves corresponding to the Russell Wilson trade, right? You already had the Raiders have Max Crosby. What did they do? They got a guy to the other side. And you already had the the Chargers have Joey Bosa. What did they do? They got a guy to compliment him on the other side. So as mm-hmm. soon as the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, both of these teams got better on the edges. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, the smart move. That's you got to find a way to get to the quarterback and uh, cause some turnovers. Speaking of turnovers, they didn't really have much as far as the cornerback position, but they but looks like they went out and hot and. Uh, signed a couple of cornerbacks anthony averett is one of the guys that they uh, they got uh and so you know i'm i'm wondering if that's enough for them to be successful uh uh next year um but they're probably out of all of the teams that we've talked about i would say they're probably um still last place and they still have more to prove uh than the chiefs than the chargers and the broncos yeah as you would uh, see on paper um so, you know, as our NFL friend Brady Breeze or, um, totally thought this person was fake, Rock Yassin is actually a real name, and the Raiders traded for him from the Colts. He's not top of the line, but looking at how bad their, their cornerbacks were last year, um, half of them just end up going to jail for some reason, um, that, that solidifies it a little bit better. He's coming from a Colts team, which is, has been pretty freaking good when it comes to secondaries. That was probably one of their only, only strengths for a while. Um, so he's going to bring some of that into this. Um, so that helps him out a little bit. And yeah, there's, there's no way around it. There's only one thing to talk about at this moment. And it's these, these additions of these two players, Chandler Jones, huge, huge addition. And then like we just talked about Devonte Adams, best receiver in football. So now I think it's time, right? We've, we've, we've been talking about this for years, at least the last two years. We're like, is their car actually good? Or, or is their car bad? I can't tell. It's really hard to tell if he's good or bad because He doesn't have that clutch factor that you kind of need to put somebody over the hump, but he puts up good numbers sometimes. So it's like, and he makes some crazy good throws sometimes. So it's like, are you good? Are you bad? And now having this, you know, Porsche come into your life, he's going to have to make use of this. And I think he will. There's no way you can have Devonta Adams and be bad at what you do as a quarterback. So I think we're going to get to finally see Derek Carr put up good numbers and be competitive. And show it, I actually think, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Chiefs are going to have the worst record in this division next mm. year. Probably the stupidest thing I've said. But if you look on paper, uh, I know we're going to talk mm. about them here soon. But there's moves being made everywhere. People want to get better. And Chiefs are just hanging on to Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think I think it's just basically the timing of things, right? The Chiefs have been so damn good for the last three, four years now that is – what are they going to need to do to revamp 
and, and, and I guess reopen this window that is Patty Mahomes' opportunity because at some point this contract's going to come back and, 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 and take a huge cap hit there. Obviously, you still have like other guys that we want to talk about there. But with the Raiders, I think the important thing to remember is they have so much youth on the defense, right? So that the cap space that they have, that's for that $14 million, there are positions that they needed. We talked about in the offseason were receiver, which they attacked. Devontae Adams, you can't get a better receiver than that. Cornerback, they did sign Anthony Averett. They, they, they traded for Rocky Sin, but they still have young guys in Nate Hobbs. They still have Darius Phillips. They still have Trayvon Mullen. So you're looking at a very, very youthful secondary. Pair that with their safeties, Trayvon Morig and Tyree Galipsy. I don't see many holes in this team anymore. I think, again, the, the 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 reason the Raiders were such an anomaly is I kept feeling like this roster didn't have very many holes, yet they kept underproducing. Like they kept the, the product on the field versus what you see on paper was not making sense. And now I think with an impactful player on one side, like Devontae Adams, again, if we talked about the cor- shutdown cornerback manning like an entire side of the field, you're going to have Devontae Adams now basically manning an entire side of the field. You have Hunter Renfro, who is one of the best slot receivers yeah. in the league. He's going to get yeah. wide open on these one-on-one slot received slot uh, plays. And then you still have Darren Waller with that size and that freak of nature. Like all of a sudden Derek Carr has absolutely no excuses uh, mm-hmm. to not perform. I mean, he should statistically probably put up the best numbers that he's put up his entire career. And then pair that with the fact that you got such a leader in Chandler Jones on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking strictly on offseason moves and where they started and where they're at, the Chiefs are lateral, if not gotten worse. So, yeah, every other team seems to have made moves and taken steps to be better. And the Chiefs, you know, obviously logistically handcuffing themselves, their cap's not there. They haven't made enough moves to, you know, sustain that same level. So, obviously, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, your team is pretty much never out of the question of being competitive. But let's dive into the Chiefs, and we'll really see kind of what holes that they're they're needing to fill here. The formidable Chiefs, who have been the household name in the AFC for the last several years now, finished last year 12-5. and five. They were the number two seed behind the Tennessee Titans. 5-1 and one divisional record, plus 116-point differentials. So scoring was never the issue with this Chiefs team. Calf space, little, little bit of a trouble. Down $10 million in the hole. Their biggest cap hits, obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we talked already about. Seven. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, if there's one quarterback in the league, you're like, you know what? I'm going to stomach that cap hit. It's probably Patrick Mahomes. But you're looking on the defensive side of the ball here. She showed $29.4 million to Chris Jones, $26.3 million to Frank Clark. And then you have, obviously, your you know, weapons on offense, Tyreek Hill, your guard and your tackle that you're paying, which rightfully so when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. But here's the biggest question for them. They lost Trevarius Ward. He was their number one cornerback. They already had a leaky secondary. So if Tyron Matthews not coming back either, then their secondary is going to need some drastic help or they're going to turn into the Chiefs of the first six weeks where they're basically playing like a Daniel Sorensen at every position and everywhere is open. So you obviously don't want to have that. They're losing some guys. They lost Byron Pringle. Darrell Williams signed somewhere else. Uh, you know, you have guys like Mike Hughes who had a nice year, who's a free agent. Are they going to bring him back? But there's a ton of question marks on this team. I think the only big, big offseason acquisition they made is they replaced Honey Badger with safety Justin Reed. They signed him three years, 31 and a half million. But that still does not 
fill the hole of the cornerback position. You're still looking at a lot of overpayment on the defensive line with not enough impact for the amount of money these guys are getting. How do the Chiefs not rest on their laurels and rest on Angie Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and just assume that next year they can maintain the same level of play when you see on paper the rest of the division get substantially better? Yeah, they're headed to be like the Chargers of last year where they had a pretty good offense, but they're terrible defense and so although they're Patrick Mahomes I have more faith in Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill I still think that if you don't have a good enough defense you're just not going to be able to win the games uh you know uh consistently and get you to the promised land uh without a good defense but uh they lost Tyron Matthew they went out and get got Justin Reed who was who a safety for the Houston Texans which was um you know I don't know if that's uh it's probably a downgrade from Tyron Matthew but you know you had to uh, get someone in that position, so they got it. They went and got Justin Reed, um, but I think that the the scheme that the Kansas City Chiefs play, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like a a very like cohesive, and they try to do uh, different schemes to kind of fake the defense a little bit more than than the usual team. So I think that you know when you have a new safety that comes in may be a little bit difficult for him to kind of get a grasp and actually like like we saw last year with the Kansas City Chiefs their defense in the first couple of like first six or seven games wasn't as good as towards the back half of the year so I could see their defense definitely um, you know limiting them they need to go out and get more help uh, one of the guys we talked about early in the pre- uh, I think before the podcast that there's a lot of guys that are uh, committing to a team and then backing out, Zadarius Smith is one of those guys for the Baltimore uh, Ravens who could still potentially come to the Chiefs. And, you know, they need more help on the defensive side. If they can get that, they can definitely still contest. Uh, and, for you know, we won't have any doubts for the Kansas City Chiefs, but right now their defense is definitely uh, causing a, uh, is a cause of concern. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just shocked. They're just like, they've been sleeping this whole offseason. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm I'm under the impression it's because they lost their player personnel person. You know, the guy that did all that work, he doesn't do that anymore. He was and he's responsible for getting the draft picks ready and all that stuff. They have a good good amount of draft picks, nine total. But you know, who's gonna do that now? Who's gonna be who's gonna be that guy? I hope that next guy, whoever's doing it, is just as good because they need it badly. They need to draft a lot of defensive players, and they do need to give. Um, Patrick Mahomes, some help at wide receiver. Tyreek Hill is not as good as people think he is. He's dynamic, but he's not reliable. He's not consistent. He's he. You can catch defenses off guard with Tyreek Hill like nobody else. There's probably nobody else you can just you know just make defenses rip their hair out like Tyreek Hill. But he's not a reliable guy. He doesn't catch every pass. He doesn't you know he's a small guy. He can't go up and get things. He needs space. So that being said, who's going to be that guy? Robinson? I don't think so. Uh, and you have Kelsey like taking control of the middle, but Patrick Mahomes has nobody down the sidelines to do anything. And you know, you're giving you're paying him 35.7 million to just focus on two players. That's a fool's errand. You're not gonna go anywhere with a bad defense with cap hits after cap hits for the rest of eternity and no wide receivers. You're just doing the same shit you did last year, but worse because you're losing some of your best players. And this is really scary, you know, like that's why I mentioned earlier, I'm like this, they could potentially be the worst team in the league because um, just, just real quickly, the Raiders, we talked about how they're adding these players, but we forgot to mention that they forced the most pressures on non-blitzing plays. And now you add 
Chandler Jones and just make everything better. Like, dear God, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to change up something because you're going to get your head ripped off. This is not going to end well for the Chiefs if they continue to just sleep this whole offseason. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are. I think the Chiefs are going to be an interesting spot because they're they're going to have to get smart and and creative with the cap space uh, because they're still like you said they have nine draft picks. These draft picks are going to cost money to sign too. So how are they going to shed this ten million dollar cap hit and and get cap uh, whatever like they, they get under space. the cap? Yeah, get and and at the end of the day, still have enough to possibly go out and get impactful free agents, right? I'm, I'm looking at the Chiefs as a really, really interesting destination for some of these journeyman receivers, like some of these receivers that are on the tail end of their career that, you know, maybe signing to compete for a Super Bowl, but yeah. uh, you're looking at maybe like a Julio Jones, maybe even OBJ has something to prove and he wants to go play with an amazing offense. Jarvis Landry would make a lot of sense. Yeah. They need a guy that, you know, when Tyreek Hill is not using, his speed is not you know, working and they're double teaming Kelsey, they still need another receiver. Josh Gordon is not the answer. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's on the field, but you can't even tell he's on the field. So he's not making much of an impact and you need a guy that can, that the defenses can demand at least some level of attention that can help take that attention away from Hill or Kelsey. So um, I, I love, think, I love, I love that Miko isn't even in the conversation here. <laughs> Harman, like no. that guy. Yeah. Is, he's a Swiss army knife, right? Like he'll run the ball sometimes. He'll catch some like here and there, but nobody's afraid of Michael Hardman you know no. what I mean like yeah. he's got he's got top-notch speed and he can make things happen on the return game sometimes so he's a good Swiss army knife to have he's a good yep. you know asset but he's no you know these other players we mentioned that would just change the dynamic of his team because Patrick Mahomes has been living with one wide receiver since he got drafted he's got had no help you know it's been Byron Pringle and freaking Demarcus Robinson nobody's afraid of either of those guys Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And now Pringle's gone. Pringle signed elsewhere. I think the Bears maybe. Um, so um, oh no, I'm so yeah. scared. <laughs> uh, Pringle coming as their new number one. But yeah, I, again, I, I think this team needs some sort of secondary receiver help or they need to get a secondary tight end. Like they need another weapon on offense. And then, yeah, the defense, it's just like there's really no spot that the, that they can't benefit from on the defensive side again chris jones is still incredibly productive so uh, i think the issue becomes frank clark the 26.3 million dollars that frank yeah. clark's getting he's not playing up to that potential so there's got to be some sort of a restructure there uh they have to get cap friendly um and again they have so many free agents mike remmer's a free agent melvin ingram's a free agent melvin ingram signed back with somebody else right the sealers no who did has he signed yet i'm not sure but he's a he's a free agent so joe um I just, I worry that like we talked about, the more and more we talk about this division, the Chiefs have the biggest drop-off possibility this year because all of these teams got better on paper and the Chiefs either have stand, stood still or have gotten worse. We will see. We will see. They might take the title of the next dynasty for sure now if they can still win this division. Yeah. Then the Patriots saga is lost and now it's the Chiefs time to take over if they can somehow sustain that level of accomplishment. Yeah, this is probably going to be the toughest uh, task for them to win the division since Patrick Mahomes has made the made the league, right? I mean, the, I don't, I've never seen this division as competitive as yeah. it's going to Chargers be. Chargers and Raiders have been an afterthought this whole yeah. time. So. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they are, 
you know, to be thought about people, people okay. need to start thinking about the chargers and the Raiders, yes. but um, yeah, I, again, the AFC West has now turned into the division, uh, the, the juggernaut division. Every team is getting better. So the chiefs have to, by default, at least make enough moves to stay competitive and relevant. So um, I don't know any, any final thoughts here. Again, the landscape of the NFL seems to be changing every single day, big names, making moves, big players, making moves. Um I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts heading into, you know, we have what um, a little over a month till the draft. There's still going to be a ton of restructures, a ton of cuts, a ton of you mm-hmm. know trades maybe even, but what are you guys seeing with the AFC West, with the NFC West? And maybe, maybe even holistically as a landscape in the NFL, the biggest shifts from last year to this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean, people they're, people are just getting paid more and more. It's incredible. And you like I think you mentioned this earlier, like guys that you just don't think would are are deserving of that paycheck. But for example, the wide receivers have, uh, you know, guys like um, the Christian the, Kirk. Christian yeah. Cardinals, yeah, um, and even Mike Williams. I don't know if he's deserving. Like he's injury prone. He has improved to getting paid as much as he is. So it's it's interesting if these big signings will end up, you know, helping them or hurting them in the in the long run. Yeah, I we, agree. Do you think we see Antonio Brown in the NFL next year? Ooh, I would love to see me some Antonio Brown. You already know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs trying to kill Antonio Brown. Do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, there's Jerry Jones is sitting there with no receivers. You know, Jerry Jones has some young receivers and needs some guidance, and he doesn't, he doesn't care about the thug aspect of things. So Aaron Rodgers needs some receivers. Oh my God, God, (laughs) this just, this just tells me how much I love Antonio Brown. I thought we're coming to an end of this episode, and I'm all like, okay, what am I gonna eat for dinner? Blah blah blah. (laughs) And then you said Antonio Brown, and I'm like, episode just started. Episode Dude. just started. Just imagine the Packers all of a sudden are like, you know what? Antonio Brown, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, <laughs> Julio oh Jones. Hey, you guys all want to just oh come play for Aaron Rodgers? Wow. You want to like, want a Super Bowl real quick? Imagine. Right. I can imagine. That's a Super Bowl. That's yeah. a fucking Super Bowl. I mean, shit. Even if two of those guys stay healthy all year long, I'd take that. I'd take that any That's day true. of the week. But um, yeah, again, I, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of movement and content between here and our next episode. The NFL is moving fast. Some teams moving faster than others. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and all the money that they just threw out at a bunch of random players. So that's going to be a sight to see, to see if they actually got better or if they just spent money because they could spend money. Like we yeah, talked that's about. That's what it looks so, like. It looks like yeah. you give like a six year old money and like, here, go yeah. buy stuff. And they're like, Ooh, I'll take yeah, that. Everything they see, they're just buying no, no, no wherewithal for actual oh, value. God but. bless that team. The, the, the NFL and the salary cap increase has made it a premium for these guys to get paid. I think that was the, I think the whole Christian Kirk getting paid and stuff was the domino effect that led to Devonte Adams being like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I'm not going to play on a franchise tag earning maybe only 3 million more than a guy like I Christian wouldn't either. Kirk. I wouldn't like, either. That's blasphemy. You I'm know? putting like, my, this isn't like basketball. You're putting your body on the line. You can get one hit mm-hmm. and you're done for your career. Like you got to get paid while you're doing it. Like, come on. Yep. Um, and then another thing, uh, I think we're, we're kind of out of time, but next episode, we're bringing some guests. Yes. Um, yes. And then and then one guest in particular may be wearing a Deshaun Watson jersey by the time it happens. 
Yeah, the, the the most latest rumors for Deshaun Watson is he's he's narrowed it down to two teams, right? The Falcons, who came out of nowhere, let's be real, before the sweepstakes started, I don't think anybody yeah, had no. made the Falcons as a possible no. contender. They have they had no money. <laughs> no, they were in like yeah, they were in like salary cap purgatory with Matt Ryan. But the Falcons, and then same division, the Saints. So. Um, I think it's interesting. The Panthers are out of the running. So shit. I mean, imagine being this. I heard this the other day and it was like the perfect analogy. You're playing musical chairs and the Panthers are like the team that ran out of a chair. And now you're stuck with Sam Darnold for another fucking year. Like all these quarterbacks are coming off the board, right? You're like, oh, we'll wait. We'll wait. Oh no, we'll get, we'll get the best one. And now they're all gone. And now you're still stuck with Sam Darnold. So um, wait, there's still, there's still Baker Mayfield. Oh God! Oh yeah. I mean, uh, shit. I, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Baker, come to the Lions, bro. Come on, come come play for the Lions or the Bears. Do some trades. I need some Baker in my division. Yeah, that would be fun. It'd be fun to play against Baker a lot. That would be fun. But yeah, I mean, again, there's, there's, there's going to be more to talk about. We're going to have guests. I think the the idea behind it is we know people that are diehard fans of some of these teams. And, you know, we don't sit here and act like we know everything about all the NFL teams. We don't sit here and we act like we know everything about everything. So it'll be nice to get some, you know, maybe emotional bias and maybe some unbiased perspectives from these teams uh favorite or from these guys favorite teams so uh d-raj is going to come and talk about the falcons uh who hopefully by next week have got deshaun watson that's going to make for a very very interesting episode i got some breaking news um, oh shit well first of all kentucky lost so 99 percent of the brackets are probably done please tell me i didn't have they kentucky. were the favorites to win it all um and then now apparently um someone has been reaching out to atlanta rappers so some names include Lil Baby and Quavo and all these guys. And they have all reached out to Deshaun Watson to let him know how much they want him home because that's where he's from. So, dude, if rappers are calling me to come, you know, welcome me, even with all my allegations and everything, I don't see why this isn't happening. Wait, hold on. Now you got to be concerned if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan because that means they're just going to, you know, make him go to a, a fine establishment and just blow his money away and not focus on the Blow playbook. his money away? Where's the blowing the money away part coming from? You know, like where you throw dollar bills at. Wow. Fine establishment. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, bro. They play on the exactly. field like every day. Nobody's at the strip club. I'd- What's I'd that? be concerned if I was an Atlanta Falcons fa- a fan and Quavo's reaching out to Deshaun Watson. Quavo, don't do that. You know, let him yeah. focus on the play. Let him worry about football stuff, man. He's been so distracted for so long now. But uh, yeah, yeah, so Deirdre <laughs> is going to come talk about the Falcons and then Jordan's going to come talk about the Panthers. So uh, the AFC and NFC South is going to be the next episode on tap. Um, obviously, like if we know anybody else that are fans of these teams that are coming up, like, you know, if, if you listen and you're a fan and you want to come talk about your team, let us know. We're more than happy to engage with anybody that has some insight whether it's homer or non-homer who cares but um you guys got anything else no no i think i'm gonna be more aware to reach out to people because now that we we're bringing guests there's like you know there's a lot of fans all over the world that we know and have known or whatever so it's gonna get exciting moving forward yeah again thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, another great episode. The off season just never stops giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Screw March Madness. The March Madness is the NFL free agency and off season period. So uh, we are the only playbook. Again, I'm, I'm Sweetcar Shashot Chovit. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys next time. Hi, I'm Brady Breeze, safety for the Detroit Lions.
and you're listening to The Only Playbook.